Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, here we are, Lisa, and I have my big question for you. Are you being a good example? <laughs> I don't like when you look at me and, and give me... I actually pointed a finger I know. At I got the finger point. Um, which, by well, the way, it, that's not a good example. Did you know you're never supposed to point your finger at anyone? Ever. I know that. Like even presidents, they don't, well, Clinton one time pointed at yes, finger, he did. but I don't think that was a good thing. No. Usually you're supposed to keep your fingers closed and in, in a fist form. But you weren't, so you were not being a good example. And that would have been my question is like a good example of what? That all depends, you know? And, and I guess now that you're throwing the question back at me, a good example, when I think of it, are you being the same person when nobody's watching as you are when you're out there in the world? Like, are you being a good example to yourself? And that's a good question. So let's, let's ponder that as we go into our show. So before we get too far into talking about living as a good example, which that sounds kind of painful in some ways, <laughs> um, you, we just want to remind everyone you're listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty White and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, we're excited about our first guest, Trish Donahue, and she's a wife, a mom of four kids, and she writes from her kitchen table in Pennsylvania. Uh, Trish also leads a women's ministry at Covenant Fellowship Church in Pennsylvania, where her husband Jim serves as a pastor. But recently she has a book out and it's called Between Us Girls. And rather than me talking about all the reasons why I think that Trish started writing this book, I'm going to say welcome to you, Trish, and tell us a little bit more about your book, Between Us Girls, and what inspired you. Well, hello, and thanks so much for having me. And, um, you know, I'll, I have an easy answer to the question. Um, I actually wrote the book because I desperately needed it. You know, I have two daughters kind of right in the middle of this age range, and um, I just, like many moms, look back over the years and I just say, these years are going so quickly. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm busy, but am I having the purposeful discipleship? Am I having the quality conversations that I want to have? Um, or is the tyranny of the urgent coming in and distracting me? And so I really was looking for some materials and, and uh, ended up uh, having the opportunity to write this book, which just lays out and helps moms uh, just as a cheat sheet almost, which is what I felt like I needed uh, to start these conversations and walk through these these gospel conversations with their daughters. Mm. Well, and were your girls like in their teen years, uh, tweens, or where were they when you realized, I need this book? Well, uh, right now they're 11 and 12, but probably, you know, when they probably, I started really feeling it, you know, maybe seven, eight, nine, you start feeling like, you know, I need to graduate from just thinking of these little people running around, you know, what are they going to have for lunch? <laughs> I need yeah. to realize they are becoming young women who need to think, you know, I need to help them think through the life 
that God's put them in. And there's so many wonderful things in the Bible and in life to talk about. I want to make sure that we're having those opportunities. Well, and you know what? I think that's so significant. We do have to have those conversations with our kids and not in a way where we're like, um, more as like we're guiding them, not just like we're the teacher again, you know, another classroom setting. But I just, I remember, you know, even with my, with my daughter who's now grown and a mom, but um, just those conversations are so significant just in the ordinary spaces of life, you know, whether you're in the kitchen or whatever, but unfortunately the world today, mm-hmm. even is so different than it was five, 10 years ago. And we have to prepare our kids for things we never thought we'd have to prepare for at such a young age. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm always amazed at. Cause now I have some grandkids and you know, I have a four year old granddaughter and even the things you have to prepare them mm-hmm. for, it makes me sad because yeah. we children are not really being able to be children mm-hmm. so much. So I think it's really important. Like you're saying, we have to have these conversations, but not in a way of like creating fear, mm-hmm. but just preparing them and to be young women. And I, and I love your words, preparing them. And that's why, uh, Trisha, I think it's so cool that you have this book. That's kind of like an outline too, where you can talk with your child from the book. Cause so many times I, I know with my children in conversations, they'll say to me, mom, quit turning everything into a teachable moment. Like I just <laughs> want to vent. I just want to share. So when you can have a moment where this is coming from somebody else, this is coming mm-hmm. from the expert, not just from your mom that we can both learn through and, and do this together is such a great idea because I, I know my kids so many times, they'll <laughs> just be like, and, and my older daughter who, uh, she's 20, she will say, that's the one thing that I have a hard time in our conversations. Cause I feel like you're always trying to teach me something <laughs> rather than just being there to, to listen. So that's been a huge, um, just aha conversation. Yes. <laughs> aha. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, one of the goals that I have in the book is really, and if you um, just look at some of the chapters, they're filled with questions written for the moms to answer and the daughters to answer. So as we're looking at this material, the moms have an exam- uh, opportunity to lead by example and be vulnerable. You know, what's a fear that you really struggle with or where has a friendship been difficult for you in your past? And then the daughters answer. So like you're saying, this isn't, you know, honey, let's sit down so I can teach you and you can be vulnerable with me. Now, this is the whole goal of it is that we build fellowship. We begin to experience true fellowship together and and support one another and learn together and show our weaknesses to each other so we can help each other with them. And so I think that's a real key part of it is that it's not just a download, something that we can check off, like, okay, good parenting accomplished. No, it's, it's walking into communication and real fellowship together. Mm-hmm. Have you discovered even with your, your kids, as you have four, that their temperaments and their personalities are so different. So even the parenting and the conversation, even with your two daughters, do you, do you find that you have to almost have different conversations where you frame things differently? <laughs> yes. I have, yeah, I have two older boys and two uh, 
younger girls, the 17 down to 11, ridiculously so. Yes, they're, I cannot even believe they came from the same gene pool. And I think God does that and kind of giggles as he gives us these children. One thing that I find helpful about using tools like this is that we can start out together with the basics, sort of like you're saying the third party is helping us. We're sitting down together with like a fun snack or a cup of coffee or whatever it is, and we're, we're you know, opening this tool, and that gets us going. And then I think what you find is the follow-up conversations take on a different feel with each one. So it might be that, you know, I think sometimes when you have that third party, it does open our kids up. It, it, it makes them feel safe to share. So that I might have a follow-up conversation with one that's on this topic or, uh, you know, a different topic with another. But I feel like it's good for us to sort of start with that foundational material. Mm-hmm. And you know what I, what I have found, too, just for our listeners, because many times we think we, we need to have a, a sit down, like Monday night is going to be our devotion time. And then you beat yourself up and you have you know a little bit of guilt there because Monday night never happens. Uh, this is a great book just to you throw in the car with you. Keep it in the car and um, conversations, even when their friends are in the car, that you can, you know, Obviously not look at it while you're driving, but have them (laughs) (laughs) read it to you and read a couple questions. And if if it's personal questions and their friends are in the car, then, all right, skip that one. Let's go to another one. But just do it as you're going through life, not feeling like I need a scheduled sit-down moment. Right. And I think as moms, you know, we ultimately trust that the Holy Spirit will guide us as we seek to train our daughters and start those conversations. And I think you're right, you know, primarily that talking about the issue of the moment spontaneously is a great way to to, to parent, to open up different topics. And then I think um, having that other, you know, source that gets us maybe to hit some of those topics that would never really come up naturally can be really helpful. But you're right. These are conversations that uh, it can be helpful, I think, to have a time slotted out just so that it doesn't get pushed out because I find that in my own life sometimes when I don't put things on the calendar, it's, you know, a really good idea that never gets done. But absolutely, these conversations can happen anywhere, and there's all kinds of variety, um, a variety of ways that can be done. Mm-hmm. Well, we only have a couple minutes, so we have to take our first commercial break. So can you just give us, like, two topics that you cover in the book? Sure. Uh, let's see. We talk about uh, 26 in all, but our words, we talk about our words and we talk about our friendships. I could give you those two. And uh, I think to fully understand kind of the goal, there's a, a, an outline that each talk goes through. And uh, so as we're talking about our words, we begin looking at God's design, the garden. So every talk goes through the garden and the, uh, the weeds and the hill and the field. The garden is really God's design for this topic. So what, if it's our words, it's how we can use our words to build one another up and encourage one another and do all kinds of great things. The, um, the weeds, then, is how sin has made a mess of that. And now we use our words to tear down and uh, slander and complain, things like that. Um, the hill is God is for the, the hill of Calvary and the, what the cross does and how it speaks into every situation. And then the field is really our application. So in our words, we see that whole gospel pattern come down. And we talk about how Jesus really has redeemed 
our words and how we can then really help each other apply what we are seeing in real life. Our friendships are the same way. You know, what is God's original design for friendship? How can we walk that out well? Then we hit the weeds. What are some ways that sin and the world around us really messes that up and, and gives us problems? And then the hill, what does the cross say to that? What does the gospel speak into that? And then application, again, is what can we do, you know, and in the field part, the application part, there's specific questions and challenges for the week to um, begin to apply some of these things. So those are two of many topics that will be covered. I, I love it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to come back and continue talking about that. But but just talking more about, you know, the relationships and, and with our daughters. And, and I'd love to hear from your daughter's point of view a little bit more. We're going to take a quick break. This is Girlfriend at Radio with Patty and Lisa, and we'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Preparing your lunch at home and bringing it to school or work is usually a much healthier alternative than going out or ordering hot lunch. Weight Watchers offers some pointers to make preparing lunches a more pleasant experience and not a chore. Prep your foods on the weekends by cutting up veggies and putting them in Ziploc bags in the fridge. Multitask during meal preparation. When making dinner at night, prepare lunches for tomorrow at the same time and keep them in the refrigerator until morning. Have the kids help you put the lunches together. They can assist you and the job will be smoother. Make healthy lunches at home a priority and assure that you and your children are eating healthy, low-calorie meals. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
are back with our special guest, author Trish Donahue. And Trisha just finished a book called Between Us Girls, Walks and Talks for Moms and Daughters. And in this book, she talks about the relationship girls have with their mothers greatly impacts the women they become. And for busy moms in the thick of parenting years, that really can seem overwhelming. Uh, she brings guidance for women who want to disciple their daughters but don't know where to start. So, Trisha, I have to tell you um, a funny story. Recently, we had the high school pastor and his wife over for dinner, and as we were as we were sitting there eating, he made a comment how one of the students did not know what the Great Commission was, and he was shocked by that. And uh, as I got to, as I was sitting there, I thought, I wonder if my daughter <laughs> been there. And uh, so then I, you know, the next morning I nonchalantly said, you know, do you know what the Great Commission? And she kind of, you know, got the the gist of the answer. So I don't want to throw her under the bus completely. But I'm going to tell her. (laughs) (laughs) But it, it is kind of funny, like you said, you know, so many times when we are in ministry, you forget to have the conversations with your own children that the most significant part of why we're here on earth. Do our kids really understand? And, and she, you know, she did, it's like maybe not under the same quote unquote, you know, the great commission, but to really be able to breathe into our children and have those conversations. And it, it is funny. I think too, in my generation, you know, we memorize so much scripture and I think we've gotten away from doing that, you know, truly burying God's word in your, in your heart. And there are times when someone will be, you know, having a conversation, it might be, you know, like Gideon or just some, a name that is so familiar to you that your child will go, well, who's Gideon? And you're, you're just dumbfounded. It's befuddling. <laughs> it's like, how do you not know this? So yeah. I, I love that God laid that on your heart uh, to be able to communicate um, this in your between us girls. So tell us a little bit more of like how your daughters are responding to this book when you're going through it with them. Sure, absolutely. I have to comment on your previous um, comment just to say that I think you're so right and it's such a good point you raised because I think we can really presume that our children pick up more than they do sometimes. Sometimes we don't think they pick up, you know, all that they do. But I think sometimes we can assume that they're getting things that they're not getting. And I think we can assume that, well, hey, if they were having any questions in life or dealing with a particular issue, I'm sure they'd let me know. And until we bring that topic up, you know, and ask them the specific questions, sometimes we don't know. And so I think you're right in that, oh, I'm sure they're sort of picking it up, and I know it, so I'm sure they know it. But sometimes really, you know, our our kids' understanding, well, what does the gospel really mean for my life and the practical work outworking of it, you know, really takes some, some, um, some, time. And so I think you make a really good point there. As far as my own girls, you know, it's really been funny because as I was writing the book, my goal was, my hope was that I would sort of try out each chapter on them so I could really, you know, work it. Um, And of course, as you can imagine, that didn't work out because I started to, you know, not be able to keep up. And so really after the book was published, we 
start really started from chapter one again and really did it. And I thought, oh goodness, here here we go. If this doesn't work, I'm going to know this was not a good idea. And I'm happy to say it has been a ton of fun for us. So um, we, I was, I've been so encouraged, and I thought, well, you know, if it serves them, that was my primary goal, certainly. But we just, uh, you know, we sit down together every week or two. Uh, we get um, a fun snack together. And, uh, you know, I think often girls this age, you know, we almost have a stereotype on them that they don't want to spend time with mom or they're too, they, they're too cool. But I think that generally our girls love when we pursue them and when we're purposeful and drawing them out. And so we just get a fun snack and, you know, we sit up on somebody's bed or we'll go out in the yard or whatever and we'll just do a, um, do a chapter and, the, I've loved that we've gotten to look at scripture together, and I've loved that we've gotten to answer these questions. So we are, I'm actually doing it with both my daughters together because they're so close in age, but we're able to just share. You know, I'll, I'll answer a question. Well, let me tell you about a time uh, when I struggled with this, or, uh, and, you know, and they're talking about a time when they uh, have seen this working in their own life, and we're just really having some fun together and feeling like we're connecting. So um, I've been really happy about that, and I think it, a lot of it just comes down to the purposefulness of finding that time um, to be together. And I think a lot of it is, is just giving our time to mm-hmm. our kids, too, um, speaks volumes, and, and time that's not in a manufactured way, but mm-hmm. it just is kind of organic. Mm-hmm. And and learning how to laugh and have fun with our kids, I think, is so important. I mean, I know when I went into parenting, I just thought I just want my kids to have fun with me too. I mean, and there's a line, and it's what was just cool as over time, um, like we, even with my daughter, who was probably our, we had a son and a daughter, and I think girls are a little more challenging than boys. They were in our household, um, a little more drama, mm-hmm. and and you know, and and you have two females, and so. Um, I just, you know, learning how to laugh at things was really important and just having those conversations where, um, you know, it, it wasn't always so heavy, but just, you know, how can we just find the common thing and just be friends? But then we would separate our conversation where it'd go, this is a parent conversation mm-hmm. and this is like a kind of like a friend. Mm-hmm. And my daughter would even come to me like in high school and go, I need to talk to you now as a friend, not as my mom. Yeah. Or I need to talk to you now as my mom and not as, you know, and a friend I, I'm for advice. And that was really helpful in our, in our relationship to clarify. Cause there were sometimes I had to say, okay, I need a little more respect here. It's not, I'm not your friend. You know, I'm not a peer here talking. Mm-hmm. This is your mom. And it was good because, you know, you have to find that and, and define those, mm-hmm. those boundaries sometimes, but they do sometimes they want to know you're a friend and then sometimes they need you as that mom role. And I have learned so much from you. And, and first of all, for our listeners out there, Lisa has amazing children. So now it's appropriate to go ahead and tell the the stories that we can all learn from. And because I absolutely adore and love your daughter, I'll never forget the time when we were at church and she came walking by in a typical like 14 year old outfit that um, they're trying to figure out who they are. And And back at that time, the shirts were shorter. Yes, that was in the midriff days. And so she was definitely you know, trying to get away with what she could get away with. And uh, I saw her walking up and she looked darling, a little too darling in her little high heels. Well, she had spent the night with a friend. (laughs) And so the outfit didn't get, you know, seen before. Yeah. And I just remember looking at you going, 
are we okay with this? <laughs> <laughs> and we both just started laughing. And when you say you need to have fun, you need to be able to laugh at it. You could have been mortified. I needed to pick my battles. And I knew with her I needed to pick certain battles or certain battles I was going to win and certain battles I didn't need to win. And that had such an impact on me because it, 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 since then there have been times when, well, well, then not soon after that, you got the call from school saying she needed um I don't know, what was it, a, sh a different shirt to wear? Or, and the or... funny thing is that she dressed really, it was, that one covered everything. So it was like <laughs> right. so funny. It yeah. was for whatever reason. And, and now she's my most modest person. Oh, yeah. So that's what makes this a funny story is that not only did I learn from you to be able to pick my battles and be able to laugh at some of, of this and watch the way that we're, you know, saying things to them to not shame them. Because since then, I have been to camps and I've been a leader with your daughter, and she is like the Nazi queen on how people dress. <laughs> so she's always like, oh, they need, they need another shirt on. That's not modest enough. So I, it, it's like breathe. Things can be redeemed, breathe right? Breathe in, breathe in, and, and don't make such a big deal over, you know, these, these kids have a great heart. And I think as, as Christians, especially in your role, being the senior pastor's wife, and, and these kids live in a fishbowl if you are doing ministry, and to be able to have conversations. And, and I love, Trisha in, in your book where – you get to share your mistakes because I think that's the biggest thing I, I see with moms is they don't want to share their And I, I think you have to be careful in the mistakes you share with them to the point where it's like, well, my mom did this and she's okay. So, you know, I don't think you have to be this completely open book, transparent with, but let them know. Yeah. You know what? God has re redeemed me in, in, you know, those areas or just in the little things of, of the mistakes that you're making where they see that you're a real person. Mm -hmm. You're not the perfect, like you said, Lisa, the manufactured, you know, um, robot. Yeah. So. Right. And I think, you know, so often we come as, as the older parents and we, we think our, you know, we expect our kids to just be vulnerable with us and share their innermost feelings, and we're just going to sit and counsel them. You know, who wants to do that? Um, I think we, you're right. We have, there are so many appropriate ways, age-appropriate ways that we can share our mistakes and get beside our daughters. It doesn't, or, or our children, it doesn't have to be, you know, we're buddy-buddy. We can still maintain, you know, I'm still the mom. But, you know, if our, our daughter struggles, you know, it was a great example with what she's wearing or wanting to fit in. Well, have we ever struggled with that? Are there grown-up adult ways to struggle with that? Absolutely. And so, you know, just coming beside, I think, and saying, you know, what does the Bible have to say about that? What does grace have to say about that? And can I share with you what I felt like I learned in it? And, you know, I felt like I was, it was coming from really, you know, these desires or these insecurities or whatever. And just opening that up, I feel it can really help. And certainly there are times to say, here's the law, I'm the parent. Um, you know, we're not going to discuss this, sure. But I think as our kids grow up and we begin to be that support to them and we can model that kind of very appropriate vulnerability, like, you know, we're all fighting the same battle here, you know. We're all wanting to love God and we're, we're all really in a battle. Life is a battle. And so we all battle in different ways at different ages, but we can all identify with that. And I think that helps them then want to open up and feel safe when we've led by example. Exactly. 
Well, we're going to take another break really quick. And this is such a great conversation because parenting is such a topic. And, it's you know, we don't have – we have ideas, but you're kind of learning as you go in so many ways because each family is different in each personality. So we're going to take a really quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Girlfriend at Radio. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. It's marching down the When airplanes first began carrying passengers, everyone was treated to first-class accommodations. Caviar and sandwiches were presented on porcelain plates with beverages served in crystal. Flying was truly a special event as passengers wore suits and evening dresses. What do you call a person who is afraid to fly? An aeroacrophobic. The airlines required stewardesses to be unmarried, and many were nurses as well. To be a pilot was respected and revered. What do you call a person who chooses a career based on the glamorous image it conveys? A modoc. A typical flight in those days from London to Singapore would cost over $17,000 today and take eight days. What's another word for jet lag? Dysrhythmia. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back with our special guest, author of Between Us Girls, Walks and Talks for Moms and Daughters. And Trisha Donahue talks about the relationships girls have with their moms greatly impacts the women they become. And Lisa and I were just laughing about uh, just it, as as a mom, as a parent, and you you definitely make some mistakes and it's always hindsight now when you can breathe into other people saying hey have you considered this and my mom used to say you learn as you go and that is why you have to throw the first couple of kids away (laughs) (laughs) and she had sex and you were the end so I think you were safe so I I think that by the time she got to me there was a little bit of perfection going on I'm just just saying so (laughs) 
Okay, if you could only see the look I just got from Lisa. So, uh, but Trish, so we're we're talking a lot about your girls. Do you come alongside and share some of this with your boys as well? Absolutely. I mean, the funny thing is, after I got done writing this, I said to my husband, I could so write this for boys between us guys, except for my name's Tristanio. <laughs> so I thought that wouldn't work so well. But honestly, you know, a lot of this is just um, parenting in, in general and drawing our, our children out and presenting these topics to them and sharing with them and learning how to be um, – you know, model humility and put the scripture uh, in the priority it should be and talk about application. You know, all these things relate to um, both boys and girls and, uh, and, and can be applied. You know, I just felt like this was, I know, a lot of moms specifically really uh, sew into their daughters, and we have a unique opportunity as moms to do that, as our husbands do with our sons, and certainly God mixes that up and sometimes there's single parents and all kinds of things and there's grace for that but um the absolutely so many of these dynamics of just learning how to talk about what you know the gospel says to different areas of life and learning how to just have the open communication is certainly applicable to sons and daughters mm. well i know that anytime you start you know, whether it's a book or a project, whatever, and you think you're going in with one thing and, you know, I, I know this and I'm going to do this, but there's always such a huge learning curve that you go, wow, I didn't realize this, mm -hmm. you know, and, and this, I, I really learned something here. So this journey of even writing this book and, and, and being with your girls in this and, and, you know, just experiencing this book together, um, what is something, what is one of the greatest learning um, aspects of this for you personally that maybe you didn't we weren't anticipating that you were going to walk away with from this that's a great question it is very much like the example you gave I love that three have to throw the first few away you do feel like okay that should have been my practice one now I'm really ready I think for me uh, it was just the um, the actual nuts and bolts of writing a book and dealing with you know, the editing process and so forth. I would love to have the practice before I start another one. Um, I think in a more meaningful uh, answer, um, I think something that just was on my heart throughout the book and is only underscored more and more is that, you know, we, we don't look to a tool or a thing to promise fruit. You know, we look to the grace of God and we trust fully in the grace of God for that. So, you know, there's never a book. I would never hold my book up and say, if you do this, you're going to have an incredible relationship with your daughter or things are going to be so easy or, uh, or anything because um, God's the one that brings that fruit. And so even as we have these conversations, we, we're doing our part and then we're trusting God. And so I think that's important to keep in mind. And yet, at the same time, I think it's great for us to really say, you know what, I can't control anything. God is good and God is sovereign. But you know what? I'm going to give it my best shot. I'm going to be purposeful. I'm going to um, do what I can to foster this wonderful relationship. So, yeah, those, those things are still um, being learned by me. And I'm sure in five years I'll look back and say, oh, I wish I would have included that. Or what was I thinking? You know, that, there's always that. And I think writing a book is a little frightening in that sense because there it is. You know, it's 
it's done when really in life we keep learning and learning and learning. So I'm hopeful that the um, it's open-ended enough that it's just the goal is to start these conversations with mom and daughter. And, you know, at the end of the book I say, the book's not over. You know, this, these were just the first bunch of conversations, but we want them to keep going. And so it's not any sort of definitive work, but just really a sort of get started together. Mm. Well, you made a, a comment about just important to keep in mind. And I, I also think in just watching, as we've talked about, Lisa, when you're watching certain parents, it's the ones that are living it out that aren't just it's, it's one thing getting into the, you know, obviously getting into scripture and saying, you know, what does God have to say about this? But then if you're not living it out, those are just words that you're getting into. Kids read that just like you were saying, Trisha, they, they take in more than you think that they're taking in. Mm-hmm. Good and, and bad. Yes. And so if your character, if you're saying I'm going to do this and then you don't follow up, on doing that there, but yet then you're going into, let's get into scripture and see what God has to say about the clothes that you're supposed to wear. You know, it's like, okay, don't focus so much on one thing. Yeah. And then turn around and then look at your character. Just like we started out today and talking about what example are you living? Because they see that when you are one person, when you're there at church and how you're treating people on Sunday but then you're a completely different person when you're at home. And I think really looking from within and, and having those true conversations with God, just begging God, you know, help me to be transparent, reveal some of these sins. And we always say gently, gently. reveal them. Don't expose <laughs> completely to my children, but let me be the best mom and the, the best you know, lover, the best friend, the best wife that I can possibly be to where they see this holistic person that's really craving Jesus and wanting exactly to live it, live it out. Absolutely. It's so true. And that's why, you know, these sorts of opportunities with our daughters or our children they can't be to, hey, I want to see that fruit in you, and I want to see that and that and that, and I'm doing this so that you, I can make all my little check marks and have the child that I want to have. You know, it's so wrong, and they will sniff that out in about two seconds, you know, and, and, and I think um, one of the things I say in the beginning is uh, we hit the foundation and walk number two, which is really the gospel and what grace means, which is everything you're talking about. It's a loving, real, genuine, forgiving, open attitude. And, you know, if I say, if we read, you know, chapters three through the end without that, and it becomes a do this, do that, be better, it's meaningless. And I think you're right. You know, all in all, our goal in this is not to say, hey, shape this area up or this area or be good, be good, be good. It's to say, we love Jesus and we need him. And he's so gracious to us and his grace changes everything. And I am a, I am desperately needy. Um, and you know, we all are as human beings and what a joy that we get to live in the grace of God and now experience real fellowship together and support each other and encourage each other with these wonderful promises and wonderful truths and hug each other when we're down and say, listen, I'm totally a mess today. I don't even know and accept each other anyway. You know, I think you're right. We can't, we can't just use words. There's, there's no formula without the heart behind it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a lot of times we have to go, what is the end result I'm looking at? And, you know, for me, I always like, I want my kids to become all that God created them to be. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? And not create them in my own image or what I think other people think they should be. But, you know, my end result is I want them to be the best them that God created them. And what does that look like? How do I help them discover that along the way? I want and them to be the best me, though. Of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. You want all the little clones of Patty Wyatt. Yes. You're running around. Um, yes. And I don't know how to, what, how to respond to that one. Um, <laughs> But, you know, and it is, it's like, how do we help them and, and, and really to see that, you know, we're not trying to make them like us and, but, you know, what can you learn good and bad from us? You know, I always told my parents, you're going to learn things, not my kids, and you're going to learn things not to do for me as well as what to do. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the things what to do will outshine the what not to do, yes. you know, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be me as we do this together, do life together. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see things. And, um, you know, that's one of the things my, my husband and I are always so like, they're going to see the good, the bad, the ugly, but they're going to learn through it. How do you deal with that? Yeah. How do you work through those, the, the harder times? And maybe when there's a little bit of tension in the air, how do you work through tension? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are important tools that we can teach our kids along the way as they, because they do, they model our behavior and, mm-hmm. you know, how engaged are we at, at serving and with people? And I think, you know, they get our, their cues from us when they become adults. It's like, mm-hmm. well, this is what you do as an adult because this is what was normal. Mm-hmm. You know, we just, we all, we all think, you know, our homes are normal. Um, and that's the normal until you get out and you're like, well, maybe it wasn't so normal. And that could be a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> well, and just like you said, conflict, you know, just with the tension and that could be a good thing or a bad thing. But my two daughters just this week, they got into it because, and this, I think this is a norm where one borrowed the other's outfit and didn't put it back. So, oh, there's a respect issue. She doesn't respect my clothes and that whole, we've all heard it. Yeah. We've all, you just, it's like push replay, you know? And, uh, I, I finally, I tried not to get involved in there, but I was brought into it and I, I just kept saying, you guys, this is good. Conflict is good. Tension is good. This is how we grow. And they were looking at me like, all right, enough of your teachable moments. Like figure this out, get her in trouble, <laughs> yell at her, scream at her. And I get said, that outfit out of that closet into my closet. <laughs> no, we don't care that tension is good, mom. But I, I think just, you know, continuously letting them see the positive in that, that, uh, you know, this isn't a bad thing. We're going to grow and you're going to make sure this doesn't happen again. You're going to learn how to, you guys figure it out. Exactly. Well, we only have like a minute till we have to, to say goodbye. And Trish, we want to thank you so much for joining our show and just opening up the space to have this conversation. And hopefully that, you know, our listeners will take that into their homes and into, you know, the relationships with their kids and seeing with a different light. So how can our listeners find your book and learn more about what you are doing? Thanks for asking. Uh, you can find the book um, Between Us Girls on Amazon for sure, and um, also at New Growth Press, www.newgrowthpress.com. And then I also have a blog where there's information on the book and some podcasts and um, some other things, Reminding Myself. So it's www.reminding-myself.com, and it's called that because I'm just reminding myself of the gospel in a lot of different ways, uh, a lot of different topics in life. And so you can find more information there as well. Thank you so much for joining our show. And we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Our bodies were created to function properly. And all we need is available to us to live a healthy, long life. We have been fearfully and wonderfully made and equipped with what we need to live life to the fullest. According to Medical News Today, the body ensures that a constant level of energy is available to all of its cells through a complex system that includes regulating how much food we eat, how much of the digestive food we absorb, how much of the digestive food we store away, and how much of our energy store we release for use. If this balance is upset, individuals can gain weight and even develop type 2 diabetes. But it really is simple to maintain optimal health. Exercise at least an hour a day, keep portion sizes small, and consume nutritious, low-calorie foods to live a healthy, long life. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We have been talking about being a living example and modeling uh are actually being a good role model, hopefully modeling the right things that Christ would have us model for our kids, for our kids. And also just how we're influencing not only our kids, but how do we influence others? And I know you and I, we have a tendency to go back to our own moms that they left an amazing legacy for us and just modeling even friendships. Mm -hmm. I, I sometimes, I, I personally didn't understand how significant it was that my mom was modeling friendships with all of her girlfriends, that that would trickle down and that ripple effect that it would have on, on me. Mm-hmm. And just those relationships, how important that they are. I think we both realized that when we lost our moms about a couple years apart and we kind of connected through that season. And I just remember my mom too, when she passed away, just the outpouring of friends and she was in the hospital for a stint of time. And there, I would go see her every day and every day there was somebody there mm-hmm. visiting her. And you just realize, wow, our moms were one of those few, you know, blessed ones that had a lot of friends around, but they had in, invested in people. And so they believed in relationships and in friendships. And so we both received that from them. And like, you know, how do you pass that mm-hmm. on? How do we help others? And we just saw a lot around us were women really weren't connecting. We were rushing from here to there and just the busyness of life. And, and especially within the church, a lot of times we weren't taking time to just have fun with yeah. each other and be friends. And so from that, we just said, you know, let's help women 
learn how to connect Mm -hmm. in those, you know, authentic ways and uh, fun ways and vulnerable ways. And so our moms left a living legacy in our lives. And so it does challenge you, what am I leaving in my kids? Mm -hmm. And how do I, you know, how do we do that? And, you know, back to our original question, which you asked was, are, are we living as good examples? And you can just go, okay, there's so many areas of our life where like, I can say yes, no, yeah, you know, all those things. But, you know, I was thinking, got me thinking going down a path and, you know, a scenic path here, of, you know, living as a good example. And I got to tell you a story that doesn't put me in a good light, but I'm going to tell it Yay! since we're airing our dirty laundry. Yeah. Time, so this time. is like what not to do and how not to be a good example. And so the other day <laughs> I am, you know, and I, at first I want to start off with my excuses for why I did what I, I'm going to tell you I did, but there really is no excuse. But my excuses are, I, I have my four-year-old granddaughter in the car with me having a great time. And I've always loved my four-year-old conversations with her. Um, I'm having to get her back home so she can get, um, get ready for school. Cause she's in the afternoon class. And my daughter-in-law says, Hey, do you mind going through Starbucks and picking me up a Starbucks, which I have no problem with. But then I had taken up a little too much time at my house getting Adeline to, so it's like, I'm on a little crunch time. So we go through the drive through and we're in line and I'm trying to get my little, you know, coffee cocktail order, you know, ready <laughs> to tell the little guy. And, and so I am in line, of course, there's always a line at Starbucks, right? So I'm fumbling and then I have my little gold cart, which I'm very proud of. But then I'm like, you know, I don't think I have anything on here. Um, do <laughs> but, I need to, so you know, here you're in those that, conversations. Yeah, that, that going, gold card isn't really made of gold. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't all, you, you have to make it golden, yeah, you know, you and to. I'm like, I don't know if I've made it golden recently. And so it was all those conversations. So I need to get this and you're in the front seat and you're still talking and you're still talking to the guy in the box. And so anyway, you know, I wait in line, then it gets my time. So I come up to the window and then, you know, the barista hands me my beverage and I'm about ready to hand him his money. And he said, Oh, the person in front of you just paid for you. Go have a great day. And it was one of those where I was like, really? <laughs> and I, that was my response. Really? I was totally taken off guard. Yeah. And I'm like, and I, I just remember I went, wow, that's amazing. Really? And he's like, yeah, go have a great day. And it's like, thank you. And I drive off. Well, I get like about a hundred yards away and I'm like, you idiot. Why didn't you pay for the person behind you? And I, so I'm like, you know, really mad at myself going, you just received, but you didn't pay it forward. So I go to my daughter-in-law's house and I go, I just had the most amazing thing happen. I was in Starbucks and the person in front of me paid for me. And I said, but I felt like an idiot because I didn't pay for the person behind me. I'm so mad at myself. And she, I, she said, you know what? You probably stopped a chain. You know, people were probably doing it. You probably stop, stop the movement. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I really feel bad. So then let's move forward to that, to that dinner that night. And so I'm at dinner with my husband and I'm telling him and I'm like, okay, so I had the most incredible thing happen, but this is what I did. And so I told him and he goes, you probably stopped a movement from, you know, right there. And I'm like, okay, did you and Michelle collaborate on these stories? And, and it's like, I didn't even think about yeah. that part. I just thought you didn't pay it forward, right, you know? Right. And so it just got me thinking going, this, I was not a good example. You, you know, I mm-hmm. could have paid it forward. And you're like, am I stopping? A, did I just stop a movement? Mm-hmm. You know? And then what in life am I stopping? And so anyway, I, I'm redeeming myself by going back to Starbucks and, and go through the drive through yeah, yeah, and, 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 and create the movement. Create Start the movement. it all over yeah. again. So that wasn't a good example of, you know, it's like you, you're just responding in shock. So yeah. there's so many times we go, you know, but how do we redeem 
Yeah. You know, and learn from it when we feel like I just blew it on that. Cause I think we have a lot of those moments too. We do have a lot of those moments. And I, I like what you said, because we can even challenge all of our listeners to go out there today and create that movement. Just who, wherever you are, um, pay for the person behind you. And so this is what's amazing about how God takes the little things in our life where we go, okay, I just screwed up here. or I made a mistake. And then when he makes us aware of that, we can then go out and make a difference and really influence others. And just by you having this conversation and telling me how you're going to lead and be a good example can turn around and create an even bigger movement. So I'm hoping that happens, but you never know. But, you know, we're talking today about, you know, just conversations and parenting and, um, you know, I'm now my, my two children are grown and I have the grand, you know, the grandkids and, um, it's so fun to watch them and it's a whole new ball game now <clears throat> just with the whole parenting and, you know, and just living examples and having conversations. And I'm yeah. finding I'm now having these conversations with my grandkids, you know, mm. and, and just, you know, well, what do you think, you know, and, and talking to them and, and just being aware that we're always modeling something. Mm-hmm. Can I, can I tell you a story that just <clears throat> everybody has to lean forward and pinky swear that this story doesn't go anywhere, that this is just between us girlfriends, literally. Well, that's kind of like just between us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no one will ever know. No one. I'm sure it won't get back to my husband at all because this is one of those stories like that one maybe didn't put you in a great light. Uh, might have been a little self-absorbed for the moment, but you explained Thank it you that for well. Uh-huh, Thank you. Thank uh-huh. you. So not to shame you in any way, but hey, it might. You even, would never. <laughs> might even start a bigger, greater movement that yes. you were able you to never share know. that. This one, not so much. Okay, okay I'm really so, leaning in. <laughs> this one just happened. Uh, yeah. So. I was driving down the road and I did not go through the drive through at Starbucks. Instead, I went through to get gas. Now, you know that my husband spoils me. And for whatever reason, I just rarely have to ever put gas in my car. I remember the first time we went someplace (laughs) and you had never put gas in your car. And I was like, seriously? What? You didn't know how to put gas. I had to teach you how to put gas in your car. See, these aren't these aren't good stories. They do not put me in a good light at all. Well, this particular I went I drove I'm okay with these stories, by the way. I drove all the way to Springerville and coming back I realized my little thingy majig said, Hey, you only have like forty nine miles to go, you have to get gas. So I'm talking to my son on the phone. And I do remember, do not talk on your cell phone while you're, you're pumping, gas. pumping gas. Like that absolutely, you know, is not a good thing. So I'm sitting there in the gas station talking to my son, waiting for him to take a breath to be able to, um, you know, get out of the car and get some gas. So finally he does. And I, I, I tell him, Garrett, I, I got to go. I got to get gas in the car. And what I didn't do, I made sure I got off the cell phone, but I didn't turn off my car and I pumped gas with the engine nice. going. Nice. So this is a but secret. You did turn off your phone. I did turn off my phone. So at least, and, uh, that is not a very good example. Not at all. So apparently were you trying to multitask a little too much? <laughs> yes. So in the heat of Arizona, not a smart thing to do. So for all of, all of you out there that are multitasking, make sure that you turn your car off before you put gas. But promise not to tell anyone. That no I one do. will ever know that story. <laughs> I, well, I just have to say, I love it when you tell these stories on you. They're much more fun to listen to than to admit your own, right? But isn't that true in parenting? 
Absolutely. We, we would rather focus on our kids, what they did wrong, than have to go and admit what we, oh, absolutely. What we've done. And so it's, it's so much the same thing. I did have to tell my son when I got back into the you know car, I was like, Hey, is it a problem if you put pump gas <laughs> while your car is running? He goes, Mom. What, what could happen? Say, Mom, you could have blown. Hypothetically, <laughs> if somebody were to, you know, pump gas while their car is on, what could have possibly happened? He got a good laugh out of it, all at my expense. Yes, yes. Well, you know what? It is really, I think, just becoming aware that, you know, whether it's our words, it's our actions, that, you know, we are modeling something and we always are communicating, especially with our kids. And that's a challenge. That's one of the hardest roles and the mm-hmm. hardest things we do is um, just being a parent mm-hmm. and um, being transparent as a parent. Exactly. Letting them know. Exactly. Yes. Because there's no perfect parents, mm-hmm. you know, and I think so many wow. times, especially I know you want to say that you are <laughs> um, and you can. But I think even, you know, when I was raising my kids, um, we didn't have all social media, you know, and this was yeah. too long ago. And I think even with social media, we're always comparing and, you know, and I know even my kids with my grandkids, they're comparing when their friends, you know, babies are crawling or walking and mine's not. And, and you, mm-hmm. so you feel less than, oh, and I think yeah. we're always comparing, you know, even what our kids do with other kids. Cause we see the highlight reels on social mm-hmm. media and mm-hmm. instead of just being true to, you know, this is, we're each uniquely made and we all, we all have our own timeline yeah. and, you know, and, and, and so it's not like trying to force things or thinking we're a bad parent because I think there's so much guilt involved with parenting even. And how do we just take that off and give each other permission to be who we are in our parenting and give our kids permission to be who they are? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, we we were joking, or I was joking, saying, no, I want my kids to be, you know, me, that we do have to be aware of that because so many times we – we want what's best for them and we want them to have some of our life experiences and that not, might not be who they are. And so truly being able to step back and let God be God yeah, and uh, just let them be and be there for their journey to, to listen to instead of telling them every single aspect in their life that you want to control. And I think as parents, we might not see ourselves as controlling, but when, as you hear, especially mom's stories, you see the controlling part mm-hmm. that we all want to, cause we want to mold them to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have good intentions. Well, we just want to thank you all for listening to our show today and, and joining our conversation and hopefully the conversation will keep going and a and movement would be started. Let's and we promise not to movement. tell your story to anybody. <laughs> our lips are sealed. Thanks for joining us. Girlfriend Radio. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.